Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Shout out time. Shout out time. Guys, today we have a happy birthday shout out and it goes to Erica. That's right, Erica in Wellington, New Zealand. Happy birthday, Erica. Your birthday. She turns five years old. Oh, yeah. So thank you for listening. And we hear it's really hot in New Zealand, her mommy says, and she likes to go swimming every single day. Oh, yeah. I wish I could go swimming, but it's always too cold. It's Well, it's not necessarily cold here in Florida this time, but it's not hot. That's for sure. <laughs> the hotness is coming soon, though. That I really want to say. Well, happy birthday, Erica. We hope you have a great day. Anything else you want to tell Erica? Mm. She's turning five. Any any advice? Um, what is she in kindergarten already? She might be in kindergarten. Oh, Daddy says eat your vegetables. <laughs> there, Erica. There's your birthday advice. <laughs> happy birthday. We hope you have a great day, Erica. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Happy birthday! Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Today we're going to be reading the book, My Father's Dragon. And this book is about 80 years old or so. Your parents might remember it from when they were kids. I remember reading it as a child. And it's written by author Ruth Stiles Gannett. And the illustrations are by Ruth's stepmother, actually, Ruth Christman Gannett. And we will put pictures of the illustrations on our Instagram and Facebook pages so you can see. But this is a great book. It's a chapter book, so we'll be doing this in several episodes, not all in one big episode. So you'll have to stay tuned. And it's a Newbery Honor Book winner. So this is a very highly accredited book, very famous book. Conchetta's here sitting next to me, guys, but she doesn't want to chime in. But just know that she's listening right along with you. <laughs> okay. And inside the book is a map of the island that we're going to be talking about. And so I'll put that picture on our Instagram page also so you can see. All right, here we go. Chapter one for My Father's Dragon. My Father Meets the Cat. One cold, rainy day, when my father was a little boy, he met an old alley cat on his street. The cat was very drippy and uncomfortable, so my father said, Wouldn't you like to come home with me? The surprised cat said she had never before met anyone who cared about old alley cats. But she said, I'd be very much obliged if I could sit by a warm furnace and perhaps have a saucer of milk. We have a very nice furnace to sit by, and my father said, 
I'm sure my mother has a saucer of milk for you, too. My father and the cat became good friends, but my father's mother was very upset about the cat. She hated cats, particularly old, ugly alley cats. Elmer Elevator, that's the boy's name. She said to my father, if you think I'm going to give that cat a saucer of milk, you are very wrong. Once you start feeding stray alley cats, you might as well expect to feed every stray in town, and I'm not going to do it. This made my father very sad. He apologized to the cat because his mother had been so rude. He told the cat to stay anyway, and somehow he would bring her a saucer of milk each day. My father fed the cat for three weeks. But one day, his mother found the cat's saucer in the cellar, and she was extremely angry. She yelled at my father and threw the cat out the door. But later on, my father sneaked out and found the cat. Together, they went for a walk in the park and tried to think of nice things to talk about. My father said, When I grow up, I'm going to have an airplane. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just fly anywhere you might think of? You would like to fly very, very much? asked the cat. I certainly would. I'd do anything if I could fly. Well, said the cat, if you really like to fly that much, I think I know a sort of way you might get to fly where, while you're still a little boy. You mean you know where I could get an airplane? Well, not exactly an airplane, but something even better. As you can see, I'm an old cat now, but in my younger days, I was quite the traveler. My traveling days are over, but last spring, I just took one last trip and sailed to the island of Tangerina, stopping at the port of Cranberry. Well, it just so happened that I missed the boat, and while waiting for the next, I thought I'd look around a bit. I was particularly interested in a place called Wild Island, which we had passed on our way to Tangerina. Wild Island and Tangerina are joined together by a long string of rocks, but people never go to Wild Island because it's mostly jungle and inhabited by very wild animals. So I decided to go across the rocks and explore it for myself. It certainly is an interesting place, but I saw something there that made me want to weep. Chapter 2 My Father Runs Away Wild Island is practically cut into two by a very wide and muddy river, continued the cat. The river begins near one end of the island and flows into the ocean at the other. Now the animals that are there are very lazy, and they used to hate having to go all the way around the beginning of the river to get to the other side of the island. It made visiting inconvenient and mail deliveries slow, particularly during the Christmas rush. Crocodiles could have carried passengers and mail across the river, but crocodiles are very moody and not the least bit dependable and are always looking for something to eat. And they don't care if animals have to walk around the river. So that's just what the animals did for many years. But what does all this have to do with airplanes, asked my father, who thought the cat was taking an awfully long time to explain. Be patient, Elmer, said the cat, and she went on with her story. 
One day, about four months before I arrived on Wild Island, a baby dragon fell from a low-flying cloud onto the riverbank. He was too young to fly very well, and besides, he bruised one wing quite badly so he couldn't get back to his cloud. The animals found him soon afterwards, and everybody said, Why, this is just exactly what we've needed all these years. They tied a big rope around his neck and waited for the wing to get well. This was going to end all their crossing the river troubles. I've never seen a dragon, said my father. Do you see him? Did you see him? How big is he? Oh, yes, indeed, I saw the dragon. In fact, we became great friends, said the cat. I used to hide in the bushes and talk to him when no one was around. He's not very big, about the size of a large black bear, although I imagine he's grown quite a bit since I left. He's got a long tail and yellow and blue stripes. His horn and eyes and the bottoms of his feet are bright red, and he has gold-colored wings. Oh, how beautiful, said my father. What did the animals do when his wing got well? Ugh, well, they started training him to carry passengers. And even though he's just a baby dragon, they work him all day and all night too sometimes. They make him carry loads that are much too heavy. And if he complains, then they twist his wings. He's always tied to a stake on a rope just long enough to go across the river. That's it. His only friends are the crocodiles, who say hello to him once a week if they don't forget. Really, he's the most miserable animal I've ever come across. When I left, I promised I'd try to help him someday, although I couldn't see how. The rope around his neck is about the biggest, toughest rope you can imagine. With so many knots, it would take days to untie them all. Anyway, when you were talking about airplanes, you gave me a good idea. Now, I'm quite sure that if you were able to rescue the dragon, which wouldn't be the least bit easy, though he would let you ride him most anywhere, provided that you were nice to him, of course. How about trying it? Oh, I'd love to, said my father. And he was so angry at his mother for being rude to the cat that he didn't feel the least bit sad about running away from home for a while. That very afternoon, my father and the cat went down to the docks to see about the ships going to the island of Tangerina. They found out that a ship would be sailing the next week, so right away they started planning for the rescue of the dragon. The cat was a great help in suggesting things for my father to take with him, and she told him everything she knew about Wild Island. Of course, she was too old to go along. Everything had to be kept very secret, so when they found or, brought or bought anything to take on the trip, they hid it behind a rock in the park. The night before my father sailed, he borrowed his father's knapsack, and he and the cat packed everything very carefully. He took chewing gum, two dozen pink lollipops, a package of rubber bands, black rubber boots, a compass, a toothbrush, and a tube of toothpaste, six magnifying glasses, a very sharp jackknife, a comb and a hairbrush, seven hair ribbons of different colors, an empty grain bag with a label saying cranberry on it, and some clean clothes, and enough food to last my father while he was on the ship. 
He couldn't live on mice, ooh, so he took 25 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and six apples because that's all the apples that he could find in the pantry. When everything was packed by my father and the cat, they went down to the docks and to the ship. A night watchman was on duty, so while the cat made loud, queer noises to distract his attention, my father ran over to the gangplank and onto the ship. He went down into the hold and hid among some bags of wheat. The ship sailed early the very next morning. Chapter 3. My Father Finds the Island My father hid in the hold for six days and nights. Twice he was nearly caught when the ship stopped to take on more cargo. But at last he heard a sailor say the next port would be Cranberry and that they'd be unloading the wheat there. My father knew that the sailors would send him home if they caught him. So he looked in his knapsack and took off a rubber band and the empty grain bag with the label saying Cranberry. At the last moment my father got inside the bag knapsack and all, folded the top of the bag inside, and put the rubber band around the top. He didn't look just exactly like the other bags, but it was the best he could do. Soon, the sailors came to unload. They lowered a big net into the hold and began moving the bags of wheat. Suddenly, one sailor yelled, Great Scott! This is the queerest bag of wheat I've ever seen! It's all lumpy-like, but the label says it goes to cranberry, so... The other sailors looked at the bag, too, and my father, who was in the bag, of course, tried even harder to look like a bag of wheat. Then another sailor felt the bag, and he just happened to get a hold of my father's elbow. I know what this is, he said. This is a bag of dried corn on the cob, and he dumped my father into the big net along with the bags of wheat. This all happened in the late afternoon, so late that the merchant in Cranberry, who had ordered the wheat, didn't count his bags until the next morning. He was a very punctual man and never late for dinner. The sailors told the captain and the captain wrote down on a piece of paper and that they delivered 160 bags of wheat and one bag of dried corn on the cob. They left the piece of paper for the merchant and sailed away that evening. My father heard later that the merchant spent the whole next day counting and recounting the bags and feeling each one of them trying to find the bag of dried corn on the cob. He never found it, because as soon as it was dark, my father climbed out of the bag, folded it up, put it back in his knapsack. He walked along the shore to a nice sandy place and laid down to sleep. My father was very hungry when he woke up the next morning. Just as he was looking to see if he had anything left to eat, something hit him on the head. It was a tangerine! He had been sleeping right under a tree full of big, fat tangerines. And then he remembered that this was the island of Tangerina. Tangerines, tangerine trees, grew wild everywhere. My father picked as many as he could have room for, which was 31, and he started off to find Wild Island. He walked and walked along the shore and walked some more looking for rocks that joined the two islands. He walked all day, and once, when he met a fisherman and asked about Wild Island, 
The fisherman began to shake and could only talk for a long while. It scared him that much just thinking about it. Finally, he said, Many people have tried to explore Wild Island, but not one has come back alive. We think they were eaten by the wild animals there. This didn't bother my father. He kept walking and slept on the beach again that night. It was beautifully clear the next day, and way down the shore, my father could see a long line of rocks leading out into the ocean. And way, way out at the end, he could just see a tiny patch of green. He quickly ate seven tangerines and started down the beach. It was almost dark when he came to the rocks, but there, way out in the ocean, was the patch of green. He sat down and wrestled a while, remembering that the cat had said, If you can, go to the island at night, because then the wild animals won't see you coming along the rocks, and you can hide when you get there. So my father picked seven more tangerines and put his black rubber boots on and waited for dark. It was a very black night, and my father could hardly see the rocks ahead of him. Sometimes they were quite high, and sometimes the waves almost covered them, and they were slippery and hard to walk on. Sometimes the rocks were far apart, and my father had to get a running start to leap from one to the next. After a while, he began to hear a rumbling noise. It grew louder and louder, and he got nearer to the island. At last, it seemed as if he was on top of the noise, and he was. He jumped from rock onto the back of a small whale who was fast asleep and cuddled up between two rocks. The whale was snoring and making the loud noise. It was more than a steam shovel, so he never heard my father say, Oh, I didn't know that was you. And it never knew my father jumped on its back by mistake. It was so fast asleep. For several hours, my father climbed and slipped and leapt from rock to rock. But while it was still dark, he finally reached the very last rock and stepped off onto Wild Island. So guys, we're going to end it there where Elmer Elevator finally gets to Wild Island. Stay tuned for our next episode to hear more. We hope you enjoyed the beginning of My Father's Dragon. See you next time. Sleepyhead Stories podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. So please, guys, make sure your parents are subscribing so you're notified every single time we release a new episode. We thank you so much for listening. Keep those shout outs coming. And also remember that we need sponsors to help Sleepyhead Stories grow. So if you're thinking about becoming a sponsor, you can click the link in the show notes for more information. We appreciate you all so much. Have a great day or a great night.